What's up, folks? Going to do it a little bit different today. Um, it's the holidays. It's Thanksgiving. And I wanted to give people a breather. I'm not going to ask them to come on a podcast over the holidays. People are enjoying time with their families. I was enjoying time with my family. But I wanted to just do a quick podcast. Thought, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm thankful for. Um, there's also a lot of preconceived notions. I feel like I have a lot of conversations with people who I think misunderstand or misinterpret mainly my social media. Maybe I got to be a little bit more careful. Um, but I like to make people think. And right now there's a lot to think about when it comes to the vaccination, when it comes to um, just politics in general, which I, I hate politics. I'm not really, I don't like politics. I think um, it's been thrust upon us. And so because it's such an important part of what we are kind of living in, or at least the time that we're living in, I pay attention to it. I don't have some, I guess, uh, I don't have like a passion for politics. But politics are driving public health right now. So if you're not following politics and you're not into it or you're that person that's like, yeah, you know, I don't really care. I don't follow it. I don't like to talk about it. Yeah, it's fine, but it's kind of important right now more than it's ever been in my lifetime. But, um, you know, my politics, I feel like, have been really misinterpreted. Uh, and I found myself having several conversations with people who are like, well, I saw you posted this or that on your Instagram. And I didn't realize that maybe you had this point of view. And I found that really interesting. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll come on the podcast and, you know, just kind of share what my position and stance is for people who care. Um, and then from there, really just leave it up to you for interpretation. But um, yeah, I do want to give a shout out to Action. Um, everybody who follows this podcast should know that Action, which I'm an owner of, is a sponsor of the podcast. Go to drinkaction.com. It's Action with a K. And if you use the code word curious, you'll get a 15% discount off your order. And we've made it really easy for you. If you sign up for a subscription, you'll save 20% off your order. And I think we still give a little bit of a discount if you use code word curious, but it's the best way to make sure every month you've got fresh coffee sent to your house. And you can also add products like active, which I take every day. Um, it's a broad spectrum turmeric and hemp capsule with uh, bioprene, which is a black pepper extract that helps it absorb into your bloodstream. If you're not familiar with turmeric and hemp CBD, it's uh, a great natural way to reduce inflammation. And I use it for a number of different reasons, but um, give it a try and uh, see how you like it. But um, yeah, back to the, the conversation. I think first and foremost, I just, <clears throat> it's important right now, this time of year, just to say how thankful I am for not just obviously my friends and family, but 
you know, for this podcast and the people who listen to this podcast, uh, the number of people who are listening is kind of getting a little crazy and where people are listening from. It's like on a regular basis, it's like over 20 countries, which I can't even like two years ago to think that I would have had that type of reach. Um, and I think the craziest part about it is it's still so minute when you think about where some of like the, not even the top podcasts, just like the next tier, um, you know, the people who have been doing it two, three, four years longer than I have. And um, I don't know, it's for me and how I look at things, it's really motivating because it's the, you know, this kind of journey is just starting. Um, and so I thank you guys if you've been following along since the beginning or, you know, partly along um, the way, because it's been a really fun, but very fast 18 months. And it's not easy um, <laughs> at all to juggle this along with way too many things. Um, my wife is a saint for putting up with me many late night podcasts and her pulling, you know, mom and dad duty with our two little ones. So I'm super thankful for her for allowing me to be able to do this. But, but um, yeah, it's, it's been so cool. Um, I was talking to someone today about the perspective that I've been able to gain by talking to such a wide diverse group of people. And I think, you know, obviously I talk with people who are involved in things that I have an interest in, but if I've learned anything in this last year and a half, it's that I have a lot to learn and I'm trying to be a better listener. Um, I think zoom actually kind of makes it easier to do that because you have to let people finish their thoughts or else it's just uh, kind of a disaster. It's a little different than talking live, believe it or not. And I think that it's actually what I ultimately thought was going to be a detriment to the conversation. It allows me to just kind of ask the simple questions that I have in my head, things that I'm curious about and allow the people who have the story to tell really elaborate on that. And so I thank my ability to even recognize that because it's been so beneficial in many other areas of my life um, and hearing new ideas. I've changed my position on so many different things. And I feel bad for people who aren't willing to engage in constructive dialogue around topics or ideas that they might not agree with. Like there's a danger to even entertaining it. It's such a scary thing that we're doing in this world that we're shutting things down. And in this whole concept, it's probably beat to death, but I don't think you can say it enough. It's really scary when you look and see how, um, weaponized certain topics have become. And they're the very topics that need to be discussed the most because there's such difference in opinion. And I mean, you got to work through it. 
I've, I've never solved problems like real problems constructively without working through it. And that requires a lot of talking. Um, so when you shut down the conversation, you're, you're like handicapping yourself for lack of a better term, um, to be able to have a productive and constructive, you know, dialogue. Um, and so that's why I probably, you know, like podcasting the most outside of just what it's given me from network and connections and people that I've been able to, to dialogue with and ideas that I've been able to share. It's the ability to really um, test my ideas and challenge them with people whose opinion I value. And it's crazy because I don't always agree with how they view things but I still value their opinion. And um, I think we have to get back as a society to a place where we can value each other's opinions and not be so uh, divided in a sense where the others, you know, quote unquote, are among us and that we can, we can, you know, collectively agree to disagree sometimes. I hope I'm really hopeful for that. And I think that just podcasting is a great way to create that type of culture. And I'm thankful for it. And I hope more people decide to podcast because some really cool ideas come out of free flowing conversation that don't have corporate restrictions. Um, I don't know this, my kind of two cents. Um, but, you know, like I was saying, a couple of topics that I wanted to just ramble about a little bit, I guess, and clear up any preconceived notion for people who uh, can just tune into the podcast and listen and hear exactly how I feel about any such topic. And so one of those being the um, Ghislaine Maxwell trial that is starting, I think it started today. Um, obviously huge implications. Uh, I have so many questions about the Jeffrey Epstein case. Um, every time I look into it, I get more questions and, you know, this case has the possibility of generating a lot of answers and probably a lot more questions, but you don't see anybody talking about it, which I think I mean, come on, right? There's a lot of like really fucked up shit. Little kids being trafficked for sex amongst some of the world's wealthiest. But somehow that theory, that mindset that there's any type of conspiracy tied to that, that there's any type of conspiracy that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself you know, that maybe he was killed or maybe he's not even dead. Who knows? But, I mean, we're talking about people who have hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars in some cases. And this dude's girlfriend is on trial for basically, you know, assisting him in this horrible trafficking ring. And nobody's talking about it. But, you know, we had 
every news station in America reporting on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And, you know, I thought what was really strange about that was it was like this race related thing. And I mean, I guess I understand that it ultimately all goes back to, you know, the, the guy that police shot. Um, I think he ended up being paralyzed, but that's what started the initial protests and riots. But this narrative that people are posting that Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. I'm like trying to understand it because he shot three white people at a protest. Um, I mean, that in of itself to me is like, what are we talking about? I'm not a lawyer. So, you know, the verdict, it, it is what it is. And look, I, I'm, I don't know what, what the law says. I mean, the, the jury said that he was not guilty. So that's what it is. I think it's questionable as to why he would have been there in the first place. And his mom probably bears some of the responsibility for that, driving his ass up there. That being said, I mean, I people were trying to beat his ass. They were trying to hurt him. And, you know, they knew he had a gun. So what were they capable of doing? I don't know. Um, but just like he shouldn't have been there, doing the shit that he was doing, the people who attacked him, they shouldn't have probably been there doing the things that they were doing either. That let's like not all pretend like these people were there solely to protest and, you know, the calling for peace in the community. It doesn't seem like they were there looking for peace. It looks like they were there exploiting a really bad situation, which is what you see everywhere. And it's the problem when you don't, um, you know, kind of push back on that bullshit. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of went on a tangent there, but you know, it's one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about because, um, you know, Thanksgiving is a time when we, you know, get to enjoy friends and family. Um, I think it's even more special this year because, you know, last year people were you know, kind of in the thick of COVID, which by the way is, you know, COVID and I guess more so the vaccines, something that I want to clarify, you know, my thoughts and stance on. I am not, and let me repeat, I am not anti-vaccination. I'm not anti-science. I'm very pro-science. I tend to be conservative in a lot of ways, but I tend to also be pretty liberal in a lot of ways. I have a wide range of thoughts and ideas. And I think the one thing that I really pride myself in and that I think is quite honestly lacking in our society is like a fundamental foundation of like direction or um, principles that you follow, right? And I just see people who blindly align to a party, like left or right, and they don't understand how conflicted and contradictory so much of what many of these 
groups kind of have, you know, especially the left right now, but not only the left, um, you know, case in point, right? Um, the vaccination. I'll just kind of give a quick example, right? You could argue, hey, it's my body. It's my choice. If I don't want to have this vaccination, I shouldn't have to have the vaccination. It's my body. Um, but it's interesting that the, you know, there's an argument for that when it comes to uh, abortion, right? You hear, right? My body, my choice, which by the way, I agree with. Um, and I don't personally really subscribe to abortion personal level, not really something that I'm comfortable with, but from a, a standpoint of like how I feel our country should govern, it shouldn't be anybody's choice, but the person whose body it is. And I would tell you that's a very left-wing liberal idea. And most people who have that idea don't also feel the same way about a vaccination. There is no my body, my choice. It's, you know, well, this is what the Democratic Party is saying. And that's what bothers me, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans. It's like, do you have a set form of principles that you base all of your decisions off of? That is, to me, the most important part of any human is just your moral framework, because everything you do in life reverts back to that foundation. When I look at how I view things, you know, I'm a, I'm a very, you know, when it comes to the vaccination, obviously there is a virus. Um, I believe that it came from a lab in China and I and I believe that because the evidence strongly suggests that it came from a lab in China. And if you disagree with me on that, I would ask you to go and look for yourself. There's abundance of information on this. Um, if you, know, you look at all that information and you still disagree, then that's fine. Um, Obviously, I can't be 100% sure, but that is my hypothesis, so to speak, on where it came from. But I definitely think that it's real. Um, I also think that it's pretty obvious and the data strongly suggests that if you have comorbidities, um, you are much more likely to suffer severe consequences from it. And if you look at the data, it suggests that of those that succumb, uh, succumb to COVID, they have four or more comorbidities in over 98% of the time, I believe. And I could be off on that, but it's like significantly um, more. Um, I think there has not been hardly any discussion about, you know, being a healthy individual and how your natural immunity is stronger when you're healthy, when you 
are at a healthy weight, when you take vitamins, when you get sunlight, when you have a healthy diet, when you exercise, when you do those things, you have a, a really strong natural ability to not only combat catching the virus, but in beating it, if you do happen to, you know, catch it. The notion that we're going to vaccinate this out of existence, um, for those who believe that, I would ask you to, again, do research on what the vaccine is. It's not a traditional vaccination. It's more of a gene therapy, and it doesn't um, sterilize your ability to catch it. I know many people, someone very close to me, who is vaccinated, who have caught it. And the vast majority of people dying in the UK from COVID are vaccinated. Um, and, you know, my concern with these things all along have just been, you know, if you recall, and it's a lot of people say it, but it's the truth. We were told two weeks to flatten the curve. I mean, that was kind of the, the mantra, right? Um, and now we're asking five-year-old children to have a vaccine passport to gain entry into a restaurant in San Francisco and New York, I believe. Um, it's crazy. And for a vaccination, quote-unquote vaccination, that doesn't prevent you from catching it, doesn't prevent you from spreading it and which wanes over time. The data, again, if you can go and do your own research on this, but the data suggests that anywhere from four to six months after you get the COVID vaccination, the effects of the vaccine wane tremendously and reduce down somewhere close to like a 50% effective rate as opposed to the 90 something percent after you're first injected. This is why booster shots are being required. But the question becomes, are we just going to be given a booster shot every year? And if so, what do the studies look like for that? Because, you know, we already rushed under emergency use the initial studies. And so there's not a lot of long-term data and that's, you know, okay. I think it's pretty cool that they were able to spin something up so quickly. And I don't think that the initial intention was to do anything other than find a way to solve this problem. But if you don't think that money has something to do with why they're pushing so hard um, and every news organization is sponsored by Pfizer. Uh, I mean, do we really expect them to, you know, talk about the facts and to talk about the adverse effects and the things that are happening uh, to people and happening to people who otherwise would not have any problem if they did come in contact with the virus. And so, I think a more honest approach of, you know, vaccinating and protecting the vulnerable folks in our society 
but allowing those who are healthy or just who choose not to be vaccinated to live a, a life that is fairly normal as well. You know, we've interacted with viruses for our entire existence. And I don't think it's going to be something that goes away. So, you know, as far as mandates, I, I don't agree with it. I think it, it shows to me more than anything, being, being asked to do that is either someone who is not understanding the information that's all the data, or they are like intentionally being disingenuous to push an agenda. And either case kind of just turns me off. And I don't know if I want to be a part of whatever I'm trying to be a part of or being asked to leave. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's my two cents on it. I hope anybody who is vulnerable takes any measure possible. And if that's a vaccine, that's awesome. I would also suggest getting yourself healthy. I'd suggest, you know, getting outside, getting sunlight. And uh, I would suggest looking at treatment methods. You know, there's recent studies that uh, monoclonal antibodies are like 88% effective in reducing COVID symptoms when given within like the first 24 to 48 hours. Definitely something that should be discussed, um, not something that should be throttled um, and restricted like uh, Florida experienced when trying to get supply down there. So yeah, um, I don't know. There's a lot of data. It's starting to add up and uh, the story's clear. And I think you have to be willing to admit where you may not have been accurate. And it's quite honestly, I think it's understandable because the potential of what could have happened. And I think if, if anything, it should be a lesson um, that if it was worse, if, I mean, you know, 5% of the people who caught it died or 10% of the people who caught it died, you know, it would be a lot different, but um, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on the whole COVID and, and vaccine situation. I think it's also interesting and, a lot of people have talked about this, but you don't see it anywhere um, on news or anything is, you know, there are mass protests happening around the world right now in many major cities in Australia, in Europe, um, due to the COVID restrictions and mandates that are being imposed on different populations. And, you know, people are not happy. And I think, you know, I, we can complain and, and groan and complain. Um, we can, you know, have a negative feeling about how things are being handled here. But when I look at what's going on around the world, I mean, Australia, I feel for you. Um, my God, I have a friend who, uh, who fights in 1FC and the things that he had to do to re-enter blew my mind. And there's got to be some logic that gets put behind this. And I don't understand Australia, the political system. And I, I get it. I guess you're, you know, you're out there. You're trying to keep any sort of uh, remnants of the virus off of the, the island. But, 
I mean, there's like no cases and they're arresting people who leave their homes. It's, it's craziness. Um, you know, and I don't know, you look at places like Florida who said, Hey, let's, um, you know, let's just go out and live our lives. And if you need to be protected, be protected. Um, I mean, there's a ton of old people in Florida. I'm just being honest. Uh, but when you like, when you look at the data age adjusted, it's, it's like one of the top States um, for mortality. It's, you know, they've done a really, really good job. And like, you don't hear that. If this is the emergency that we're being told that it is, then, I mean, we got to cut the politics out of this shit and just be honest. And if there are states that are doing it better than states that aren't, I don't care who the governor is and if it's a Republican state or a Democratic state, we need to just have an honest conversation about what's working and see if we can use the data that everybody so, um, you know, intently talks about like, let's use it then to make the decisions to get ourselves back on track. Because I don't know if you've noticed the amount of money that you're paying at the grocery store or at the gas pump. Um, you know, that's, that's a result of all of this crap. Um, I just saw that there are going to be supply chain delays of up to seven to 10 months because of quarantine mandates in China, which it's just like, this is going to start compounding itself. And I know people who own restaurants that have talked about the cost of fryer oil, where the cost was, you know, like $12 and something for a few gallons. And it's like almost tripled over the last eight months. My brother owns a business in Southern California and um, his business, his cost to run that business for the same revenue was almost three or four times what it was over the last, you know, eight months and it's only increasing. And so, I mean, listen, I didn't like the mean tweets either, but guys, we've got to figure out how we can get ourselves back into a place where we're investing in America and where we're not being disingenuous about somebody who's falling asleep at the wheel. Um, you know, I respect the president. Um, he is the president of the United States and I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people who thinks he didn't win fair and square. I think there's fraud in every election and I think there's fraud on both sides. You'd have to really convince me and show me some hard evidence to get me to believe that um, either side was, you know, mass sabotaging an election and stealing votes and wheeling suitcases of ballots in overnight. Like I, I just, I don't know. You got to really prove that to me. And I haven't seen or heard evidence that would support that, but I do think that people really got to a point where they hated Trump so much that they felt that Joe Biden was the only other option. And I think the media played a big role in that. And I think the way that Trump handles pressure and questioning and um, any type of scrutiny did not suit this whole situation. But 
Yeah, I mean, we got a president that at the climate summit, he fell asleep. I mean, this is a topic that the Democratic Party has beat into our heads as a, you know, global threat. And, you know, I don't know enough about science, but what I've heard, if a fraction of it is true, which I'm sure it is, um, I'm concerned about the future of this planet, regardless if I'm going to be here. So definitely disappointing when the president falls asleep and an aide has to, you know, come over and, and wake him up. Um, it's actually kind of sad because he's not doing very well uh, physically. And it's scary because I can't say that I'm much of a fan of the, the vice president. And I wasn't a fan of hers going in based on like a lot of her public speaking appearances. And I think even more when she was running for president in the Democratic primary, uh, the way she handled pressure from Tulsi Gabbard uh, was really telling. And from that point on, I kind of really lost a whole lot of trust in her. And to understand what she did as a prosecutor in California, withholding evidence from people who were serving life. And I, I think even some folks on death row, if I'm not mistaken, um, where there was DNA evidence that would exonerate them, she withheld their ability to get that DNA evidence um, in order to keep them incarcerated. It sounds like I'm making it up, but it's very true. And it's kind of disturbing. And so if Joe can't uh, finish the race or, you know, falls asleep at the wheel and uh, struggles to keep it afloat, uh, and struggles to keep it on the road, I'm not really confident that she would do a much better job than he would asleep at the wheel. So yeah, um, very interested to see what 2024, I think, yeah, 2024 will bring. Obviously, I think Trump runs, um, but uh, a lot of things will happen between now and then, and I'm sure all sides are loading up their ammo and uh, should be pretty interesting time. But do me a favor, head over to uh, drinkaction.com and use code word curious, sign up for a subscription. If you're in my hometown of Bradford, PA or anywhere close by, head down to Kennedy Street Cafe and get some coffee down there. They've decided to change their house coffee to ambitious, which is our medium roast. They threw out their old, I don't know if it was Maxwell house or Folgers or whatever, but uh, my friend Josh and Kelly, they recently purchased uh, this cafe. It was a place for those who aren't from, from Bradford, which most of you are not. Um, it was a really cool diner that I used to go to a lot, just kind of a staple in our town. And it's not been open, I believe, due to the pandemic and just kind of maybe a couple other factors for like the last two years. And a close friend of mine and a customer of Action purchased it. And um, he was like, hey, I've got to get this coffee. 
into this cafe. So we made that happen and he's proudly serving it and we appreciate his and her support a ton. So if you are in town, make sure you head to the Kennedy street cafe. You say hello to Josh and Kelly, you grab yourself a cup of action and uh, he makes a mean omelet as well too, if you head in there for breakfast. So check it out. And uh, yeah, anything else uh, you can find on social media at that curious Jones. I appreciate you following along. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, check it out, share it with some friends. I would really appreciate it. If you listen this long, you must care. Send these over to your buddies. Let them know uh, what's up. And I promise you guys some good episodes on the way. We wanted to get through the holiday season, but uh, yeah, this was fun. Talk soon. Later. (laughs) 